first episode of right where you're sitting now a podcast that looks at counterculture subculture and general weird stuff and cool stuff on the internet uh, i'm joined t- i'm kenny kins rather and i'm joined today by my guest host for the day uh, paul banneker say hi paul hello uh you, you look psyched <laughs> yes i am psyched we'll be doing a uh, first episode about a uh, quite well-known podcast called out there radio yep and also after the out there radio segment we're going to have an interview with uh John Pavlich and uh, Scott Corelli from Geekshow.us. That's right. Who also do uh, they do a few podcasts? But uh, I think right now we'll roll the uh, roll the promo for Out There Radio. Shadow governments, strange rituals, new world Shadow order, governments, strange buried treasures. Planetary mind control. Military cover-up. Shadow government. Strange rituals. New world order. Buried treasures. Planetary mind control. Military mind control. Corporate out there. It's a strange world. Visit outthereradio.net for more information. First of all, like, tell us about Out There Radio and what, what's it all about? What's it, what does it look at? What's the philosophy of the show? When uh, Well, we started Out There Radio um, back in, I guess, 2005. And Raymond and I, had already we were already friends, and he, had, he was already working at the radio station. Most of the series has been broadcast on our college station, University of Georgia. And he wanted to put, put together a, sh- a talk show about uh, conspiracy theory and occult and paranormal. And, um, it, you know, we had actually just met Raymond, I think, when we started talking about this. We yeah, met- yeah. I mean, you were still finishing your linguistics? Yeah, I was still finishing answers? my linguistics degree, and um, we had maybe met over that summer. In fact, we started off um, doing uh, – Raymond invited me because he was already working at the radio station. He said, well, come up and you know, do uh, – we were doing a movie talk show. 
during the that film summer. thing. The film thing, yeah. We talked about movies, and in fact, it's funny. The film thing ended up being a lot, sometimes being about our favorite kind of either Cold War movies or conspiracy type movies. And we the, the conversation were always tangent because Raymond and I uh, were on the show, but um, but you know. He, I had expressed to him the kinds of things that I was interested in, and he was like, oh, well, you know, let's, can you co-host the show with me? And um, so we started doing that in October of that year. And the show for me has always been um, about, you know, it's, it's about conspiracy theory. It's about occult stuff. It's about, it's sometimes about paranormal. We've actually never done like a UFO show, for instance. Um, yeah. Or a show about ghosts. Or a yeah. show about ghosts. We did a Bigfoot show, but um, it, I, I always tend to, you know, having been influenced by Robert Anton Wilson, I've, I've always been interested in kind of like uh, the fringe of of human thought and human experience and kind of what it all means. And um, conspiracy theory is something I got into when I was probably like 17 or 18. And I started reading, um, uh, started, you know, started reading like Jim Keith um, and some, some of the well-known conspiracy books. Like um, there's, there was a book called 50 greatest conspiracies of all time. And of course, having read um, at least part of uh, Wilson's Illuminatus trilogy, um, and I started getting into that a while ago. I'm, I'm 32 now, so that was in the early 90s when a lot of that, at least in the States, was really getting big. Um, with uh, you know, conspiracy theory was kind of like a right wing thing back then. Right. You had the, books like Black Helicopters Over America, right? Things like that. Right, right. And um, but I, I, I never really had that that sort of inclination. But uh, from a sort of you know Wilsonian perspective, I was more interested in kind of what people are willing to believe. And so for me, like, the show has kind of been an exploration of, uh, in part, you know, what are people willing to believe, but also what elements of truth are there in the kinds of stories that you hear about. Yeah, it's always like a pseudo-scholarly approach sometimes of these conspiracy authors, I find. Like, you get a kind of, the way they put together evidence sometimes can be a little bit ropey if you've done academic work, I think. Oh, sure. And in fact, having you know done the show while I was in graduate school, and especially uh, pursuing a science degree, I was you know doing linguistics, which is sort of social sciencey. But then I ended up doing artificial intelligence, which is more like computer sciencey, I guess. Um, you know, I, I've actually become more skeptical over the past few years that the show's gone on, but without really losing my interest in in the kinds of issues that conspiracy theorists like to talk about. Like, I think in some of the things we've talked about, there's certainly an element of truth. Like, if you go back and listen to our Waco show or the show about uh, the MLK assassination, um, or 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 stuff about like uh, CIA uh, drug dealing, like a lot of that stuff, I I. I sincerely think that there's something to to a lot of that, but um, there's certainly things that we've talked about, and we've tried to be explicit about what about what we believe and don't believe. Like the you know moon land people who don't believe that we landed on the moon, to me that's just ridiculous. Like we <laughs> we landed on the moon, I'm pretty sure of it. You know, but it's yeah. still fun. It's fun to think about and fun to sort of weigh the evidence that people offer and sort of and and and, and have a model agnostic view of what's going on and sort of not believe anything at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. All right, so why did you guys decide to start putting the show out as a podcast? Ah, well, that um, 
that goes back to a project that I was actually doing at WUOG back in 2005 before we began doing out there. We, um, I was working as a volunteer for the station, um, and I was on the quote-unquote executive board, which I guess um, basically adds up to not getting paid at all for doing a hell of a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. um, and my big project for the year was to incorporate podcasting into what the station was doing. We felt like um, it would give more people room to work and it would bring a larger audience to the station. Um, but my problem at the time was is that nobody at the station seemed to really know anything about podcasting i really didn't either and so it's not only that they didn't know they just didn't a lot of people didn't even seem to care and um, right and and that's still a lot of that still goes on to this day but anyway my my big worry there was that i would do all this work with this podcasting project with wog and then it would not become institutionalized it would not um add up to anything and all this work I did would come to nothing. So I figured the best way to prove that podcasting was viable um, as a medium of transmission of, you know, audio material was to do it myself. So um, I'm not sure if we were the first podcast that was ever put up. I think the first one was a, like a live band playing up at the station with the Live in the Lobby series. But our first episode came right after that, at the end of October of '05, and um, so that's why we decided to do it as a podcast. We did not realize that it would quickly become our largest source of uh, listeners. We we have more podcast listeners than we do uh, listeners in Athens, where the show is actually broadcast. How many listeners do you get roughly? I keep pretty close track of our download statistics, and while you know, some of these file requests may not be for the complete file. If you sort of divide it down, I'd say we have about 4,000 regular subscribers, give good. or take 1,000. And by that, I mean about 4,000 downloads will occur on a new episode in the first couple of weeks. And that's the best way for me to tell. And as far well, as after, after that, it ends up being a, a couple hundred a month. So, in fact, for any given episode, we may have upwards of 10,000 downloads. Oh, yes, through, over, through, over the course of the series. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And um, as far as back episodes go, we tend to see about 300 downloads apiece per episode. And those numbers are roughly the same um, for each episode, give or take. Some are more popular than others, but they run roughly in the same range, which makes me believe that those that's a good way to, to gauge how many new subscribers you have, how many people took the time to download all of the episodes at once or in a very short period of time. One thing, so, to, no one thing to note is that Raymond and I, neither of us were very web-savvy uh, when this all started. Um, we you know, we hand-wrote our XML uh, originally, um, and just from looking at other podcasts, XML to see how it's structured and what it looked like, and you know, we—I I still don't consider myself web savvy. I don't know HTML or anything, but uh, but somehow we've been able to pull this off. Just just him and I, Raymond and I, have done everything. Like we uh, we have there are a few people who have helped us immensely. Um, uh, who, like for instance, we we have vol uh, listeners who have volunteered to, for instance, put together a website for us. Raymond and I didn't put together the website. Uh, we have volunteer right. listeners who got in touch with us and said, "I want to help." 
Right. Two different builds now. We're on the second build of that website. Yeah. And that's gone. We've gone through that process twice. So not only that, but promotional flyers, anything you see that's visual that's linked to the show has all been done for free by people that listen to us. Yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? It's good that the uh, that people are just helping out, I guess. Yeah, we've gotten great feedback, and since we've always been a non-commercial show, um, you know, I, I think people who appreciate the show enough and it sort of enhances their lives in whatever way have 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 had some motivation or some desire to to contribute and that's great it's great we get great feedback on the show and right and it and it really has added up over the years um i think our final count right now counting february numbers is we're up to about 200 <laughs> we're up to about 220,000 total wow. downloads well you know it's it's many years and if you divide it over the course of say 50 episodes it's not necessarily that huge of an audience, but it's way more than we ever expected. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, free server space helped a lot too. <laughs> like we we haven't. It's a non-commercial show, but we've never had to. Up to recently, we haven't had to spend a dime on the show ourselves. Yeah, that's pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always helps. <laughs> so, what about other podcasts and podcasters? Do you guys? feel like you're part of a kind of community now or uh, do you I mean do you interact with other podcasts or podcasters besides you <laughs> <laughs> yeah beside yes. me <laughs> yeah absolutely um i think i've appeared on two other podcasts now besides this one eerie radio and the invisible web um, alan, alan lee's having me on invisible web in a few weeks too right. actually so all right excellent. so yeah so you you may be familiar um familiar with him ken he's uh he's out of new york he's uh sort of 40 slash professional wrestling expert and he's, got an <laughs> he's got an interesting show called the invisible web and um he's had he's had he had me on and then i was very honored and i don't know how he pulled this off but the next episode after me he has on margo adler oh wow so yeah author of drawing down the moon so worth certainly checking out and then um Eerie Radio. There's a, there's another podcast that we that I've actually interviewed on, and um, one of the hosts, Ben Teague, was actually the listener who created the website that we were just talking about. So mm-hmm. we found that the people who are in the closest contact with us, who seem to have the most interest and have the most questions to ask us, are the ones who then go and do their own podcasts. And we, um, I'd also recommend the viking youth power hour oh yeah those guys are great podcast <laughs> out of chicago they get mad at us because we beat them to um show topics <laughs> right so right get to them a few weeks before they do and it makes them mad but, <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of great material out there no pun intended and <laughs> and um but i really feel like what we're doing with with our show is in some way different from Perhaps any other podcast. Joe, would, is there any, uh, anybody that you say is doing the same thing, basically, that we're doing? I mean, I, I can't say that there isn't, but, I mean, I, I think that we do have a different take on the topics that we cover. Uh, it seems like, you know, most run-of-the-mill kind of conspiracy podcasts or paranormal podcasts are going to go in with, uh, it's as if they suspend their disbelief too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, they, they they tend to take things too seriously. One of the things that we a lot of one of the things that we hear about our show from our listeners is that uh, people tend to appreciate the lightheartedness that we approach. The yeah, definitely. With. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of I 
can't think of any examples of, or maybe like the paranormal podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. The uh, it's always incredibly serious and um, often there's a, an agenda almost built into the show where they're trying to kind of preach a message rather than kind of analyse the actual topic they're looking at. I think, which is something I think you guys actually do. You look at it kind of not on the fence, but kind of semi-neutrally, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we've exactly. tried we've tried to avoid being too preachy on any given thing. We may we may have we may have. Um, gotten a little too preachy on certain things but we've tried to avoid it for the most part right and those and those always end up being the things we're like man i wish i had done that a little bit different yeah i wish i'd come across a little less strong yeah you you know also one thing is that raymond and i both uh, were influenced i believe by coast to coast um on some level uh especially when uh What's his What's his face? Right? What's the guy's name? The old, uh, the old one, Art Bell. Yeah, oh, yeah, Art Bell influence. I mean, I listened to Art Bell through the '90s, um, and and uh, you know, one of the things that I, I always liked Art Bell, but one of the things that always got me about Art Bell is that he was he seemed too willing to believe just about anything, uh, anything anyone said on his show. Like he never he never sort of took a step back and and looked at things. Um, and, and and really took apart what people were saying. Right, I mean, and, and and George Norrie, this the, the host of the show now, um, even worse about that. And I, yeah. and I I never listened during the Art Bell days. I've heard a few episodes of I think Dreamland is the name mm-hmm. of his, the show that he does now. But I heard, I started listening to Coast to Coast. Oh, probably two thousand three, two thousand two. So some and some of the episodes would be really good and they'd keep me up for three hours, you know, like I was some kind of trucker or whatever listening on the shortwave. But um, but then other episodes you'd come to the realization that wow, like there's they're just booking whoever they can get to fill up their schedule and they're going on for three hours every night needlessly to make extra money off commercials and it just comes out and and they're charging for their archives so it comes mm-hmm. out. Not really as good for the audience. No, I, I felt like, um, and I and I feel like a lot of podcasts have a very similar problem as well. Is that it's it it can be very hard to find guests. Okay, and if you set yourself up to say I'm going to have a guest on for every episode, you know I'm never going to I'm never going to be the main event. Then um, sometimes you end up with some pretty crappy guests. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an example. I was on a show one time many years ago, and I, I think I was. I was the last person to be interviewed on the show, and the person before me was talking about like Rimless Chateau and all of and all of that sort of stuff. Okay, this is right in the wake of the Da Vinci Code coming up. Yeah. And at first, I thought he was Henry Lincoln. Okay, because I had watched all like you know uh, all the like BBC documentaries that he had done back in the 80s, and I was very familiar with his accent. But it turns out the more I listened, I realized that the guy wasn't Henry Lincoln, but it sounded just like he was mimicking his voice. And he's sitting there talking about Rimless Chateau. And I thought, wow, you know, I mean, I guess I'm lucky that I picked up that source. But if, if you're scrounging for guests all the time, you're going to miss stuff like that. You know, you're not going to know that the guests you have on talking about Rimless Chateau and uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail type stuff is actually just ripping off somebody else's, not only their work, but their uh Vocal cadence, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really bizarre. So, um, so I think that's why we don't always have a guest. You know, I've, I've, I've certainly liked it that way, and, and the guests that we've had, I've been really proud of. I mean, the thing is, is when we started the show, we made it a long list of of our dream guests, and we sort of started at the top, and 
and for we had a long record of never getting turned down for an interview. So our first guest ever was Adam Parfrey from Feral House Press. Yeah, who yeah. I had I had been reading uh, books from Feral House since I was a teenager, and you know he and for instance the Reverend Ivan Stang from the Church of the Subgenius. Oh, yeah, I love. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, is like uh, Ivan Stang. You know, I I I got my first Subgenius book when I was seventeen. Yeah, and. By the time we interviewed him, I mean, I was very familiar with all the work, the work that he had done, and it was like, wow, I'm actually talking to this guy. You know, I'm, I'm actually talking to Adam Parfrey. I'm actually talking to Ivan Stang. I'm actually talking. I'm actually talking to the to the high priest of the Church of Satan. You know, like it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. it was always very cool, very very cool. But at the same time, I think we were we were ready for those interviews. Certainly, it's like we we had soaked up enough by that point, and. Going back to that interview with Ivan Stang, that that really, he, he sort of patted us on the ass and sent us on our way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. he was like, you know, here I'm going to ordain you guys on the air. Yeah, you that know? was brilliant. I love that episode. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> for me, that was, that may have been my favorite moment from the series. The Re- Re- uh, Reverend Wiley, wasn't it? And, uh, Reverend Wiley, <laughs> Joe. That's, That's right. right. Universal Life Church. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, actually, that was gonna, actually brings me quite nicely into the last question. Well, one, one of the last questions, which is, what are your highlights of the show? But I think we've kind of covered that now. But um, I was going to say, like, we're on, like, what, the penultimate episode of the show now? Why is the show ending? Uh, Joe, do you want me to feel that one, or do you want to take that one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, for one thing, we can't work at WUOG anymore. We're no longer, I'm, as of May the 10th, I will no longer be a student of the University of Georgia, and that will sever our last link of any of our team to their university. So we can't legally be on the show anymore. Now, we could continue doing out there. The university's been nice enough to release the show to us. It's our intellectual property. We own it. Oh, that's nice. That's but, good, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and I think basically unprecedented. I've never heard of anything like it. But they, they, were so, they were so happy with the amount of work that we did on our own without any help that I don't think they had any problem releasing it to us. But so we could continue doing a show called Out There Radio, but you know our lives have sort of changed. Uh, we live in different cities now. Uh, we do want to continue working together, but um, we want to do something new. And I can't really tell you yet what that's going to be. We're we're sort of fishing for what that's going to be right now. But um, as far as ending out there, I feel like if say the show went to a hundred episodes. You yeah. might be less likely to think that you could listen to all of them. Yeah, you know? it's a bit less accessible kind of thing. Uh, it, exactly. You know, I, I, I'd like for people to look at the list of episodes and say, okay, I can get through this. You know, it's not going to be like watching seven seasons of Star Trek. It's not going to take me <laughs> yeah. five weeks or whatever, you know. I also like the idea that, you know, we we have sort of formally two seasons. We we like to think of our our whole series as taking up two seasons, and each of those seasons has its has its kind of you know themes that uh, that, that sort of uni- unify each of the seasons. Even and there's still sort of unifying unifying themes throughout the whole series. But I think that if we were to continue, um, it 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 just wouldn't be, and without sound without trying to sound cheesy, it wouldn't be as special. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, one thing, so actually, a, I've completely forgot to ask you about one thing, was um, if you do do something in the future, will you be doing it with Austin Gandhi? I haven't really spoken about him, but he, I thought his episode, Secret Chiefs episode, I think it was, um, on yes. the Golden Dawn, was 
was really, really good and things. Austin is a great, great guy. He's extremely intelligent and very uh, just awesome. One of, you know, one of our closest friends. And, um, we've, in, we've tried to encourage Austin to do his own podcast. I think he'd be great. Um, hope, hope, hopefully we get to, you know, hopefully he'll, we'll, we'll all want to work together on something in the future. And certainly if we do a series about the occult. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm not saying that we will, but if we were to, you would certainly see Austin there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm hoping to do a series about, like, a kind of sub series of this show on, on uh, magic and the occult generally, and hoping to get Austin to come on and talk to me about. He's the guy to stuff. talk to. Yeah, he's certainly he's, the guy to talk to. He's definitely very kind of uh, radio friendly, almost. I guess if that's the right word. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Well, Austin, uh, when, whenever he's on the show, he comes in with almost his whole. His whole um, whatever he wants to say written out, which is funny because Raymond and I we will write outlines for the show, but we never have like a script. You know, we're we're mo- for the most part unscripted with just it's completely sort of, extemporaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Austin, um, he he writes out a script that he more or less reads and then engages in unscripted banter before and after he reads it. But um, <laughs> it, 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 the stuff that he comes up with is just great. It's yeah, great. I really like the uh, Invisible College sections at the beginning. I think they're quite funny yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he always has a great punchline. For for his more humorous uh, segments, he also he always has a great punchline. Is it God is a reasonable man or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was quite a good one. But anyway, well, thanks a lot for doing this. Um, hopefully I'll get a chance to have you guys on the show again at some point. And, uh, Can we plug, we're going to plug our website real quick. If you yeah, like, it, yeah. if you, if you want to more, know more about the show, go visit out, uh, net. You can download all of our past episodes. We also now have, uh, a store up where we have t-shirts for sale. Um, our t-shirts were designed by this great artist named John Moore. Is that right, Raymond? John Moore. That's correct. He, and I, I don't think you're going to find another t-shirt with, um, I'm actually wearing it right now, with uh, Jim Jones, JFK, Anton LaVey, an alien, and the all-seeing eye of God. <laughs> I don't think you're going to find all of those things on one shirt, guys. No, definitely not. So, I have that, that's the background of my computer at the moment. It, it's really good. I'm going to order one soon myself, so oh, I excellent. testify to that. Well, thank, you. <laughs> thank you very much. And um, if you... If you uh, want to save yourself some time and you have the program iTunes on your computer, you can um, subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. It's under uh, religion and spirituality. Yeah. Or you can uh, search for it out there. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, thanks again for doing this and everything. It's, uh, it's been good. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> Anytime. Never. Okay, and we're back. So uh, people may have noticed that Paul wasn't actually on that interview. <laughs> <at> all, <or laughs> no, I wasn't. And you'll probably figure out that he's actually not in the next interview either. I actually did these interviews a little while ago, but we had lots of problems with uh, changing computers around and website problems and all that sort of thing, but it's all sorted now. Um, so, Paul, what did you think of the interview? Well, I think it was a very good interview, but um, first, maybe we should see why we chose Out the Radio as the first subject for our show. I don't know, I guess it's because they set why, the... why is Out the Radio the first podcast which uh, pops into your mind? I, d- I think that that's the first one I really listened to properly. It kind of, uh, and they sort of set the standard for me in terms of podcasting. Um, they kind of started off as a radio show, but really, I think 
though as you heard in there they sort of turned into a podcast really I guess so. it was the uh, the amount of research they do in this is quite incredible yeah I mean they really do pack a lot into every episode in the first period it was a weekly show wasn't it yeah it was like a uh, Athens Georgia uh, campus radio I think and That's actually it. to research every single subject every week must must be quite a lot of work put into that yeah definitely I mean it never fails to interest me what they talk about but yeah I want to thank them loads for uh, doing the interview and I'm hoping to have them back on the show maybe as guest hosts as well but also as, definitely as guests because those guys know a lot about what they're talking about it was a very interesting interview and also it was uh, it was made entirely in uh, home studios wasn't it it was made through Skype and the uh, two of them were both in different locations while yeah. the interview was done yeah they were in um, various parts of I think Athens um, and actually our next interview which is a good segue Paul <laughs> our next interview um is even more remote we had uh, one guy in florida one guy in texas and these are two guys from geekshow.us uh, which is more of a kind of geeky thing rather than a spooky thing i guess but um they review comics on some shows some shows they review films uh they've done their own drama which is uh, geek by night it's just started i think it's on like episode three now um, which is really, really high quality. It's excellent. I mean, it's quite. They, a, it's they are a, one of the the few people which actually make money from their podcasts. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're sponsored. But we've, yeah, I mean, that's mentioned in the in the interview. But um, yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll cut to the. Uh, the I think the, uh, we'll cut to a promo of Geek by Night, and then we'll cut to the interview, and then we'll see you after that. This is so confusing. How can they even call this a sequel? I can't follow what's going on. No, see, that guy's possessed. By what? The ghost of Prince? Prince isn't dead, and his fashion sense sure is. That, that guy's an archaeologist. He found the Osiris gem. He did? When did this happen? Does that mean he's evil? I don't think so. His daughter needs an operation. The gem's supposed to save her life. Or possibly sacrifice her virgin body to the old ones, I forget which. Can it be both? Because awesome. Uh, why did that hamster just explode? Oh, uh, he's from Neptune. Okay, that guy right there has got to be evil. How can you tell? Look at his mustache! Oh yeah, he must be one of those Nazi fishmongers from the blood cult. Nazis? Wait, when is this movie supposed to take place again? 1985, I think. Or at least it looks like it. Uh-oh! It's the rubber ghost mutant thing! Think he'll rip another head in half? If he's any decent kind of monster. Ten bucks says it's a watermelon close-up. You're on, Markowitz. Here it comes. Wait for it. Oh! Yes! It's always a watermelon. What will you buy with your newly acquired booty? Well, I know a certain girl who's had her eye on that copy of Mouse Guard with the damaged cover. Aww. Dear God, will you two shut up? I'm grumpy enough as it is about the lack of boobs in this movie without having a struggle hearing it over your constant commentary. You just saw two sets of breasts six minutes ago. Yeah, and it's way past due for some more. This movie's got some serious pacing and story structure issues. Gibson, this isn't supposed to be a good movie. Elliot, I take my bad movies very seriously. Excuse me, I'm looking for a copy of... Good God! You can't show that kind of film in public! I'm never shopping here again. Thanks. Come again. The nerve of some people. 
So yeah, thanks for coming on the show, um, Scott Corelli and John Palvich. Could you just tell us about your show, um, how the show started and uh, the brief history and what the shows are about? Yeah, uh, Couchsurfing started sort of out of uh, the desire to, to just do something just sort of fun and casual because uh, I, I met Scott through uh, Geekshow.us and through his podcasting, um, like two, uh, two Geeks, a mic and a podcast and things like that. Uh, I had been uh, writing articles uh, for that site and uh, basically just sort of like a uh, just kind of like a list of, of some of my favorite things in movies and popular culture and uh, TV shows. And he sort of, he liked those so much that he started like contacting me through, through Skype and we were chatting and uh, I had done his uh, show sort of, he, you know, he said, he was like, well, you know, we should, we should do something else. Uh, uh, we should, um, you know, record these conversations we have because a lot of times we'll, we'll talk to each other for hours on end just about various things you know whether it's whether it's you know what's what's been going on in the latest episode of Lost or the works of Joss Whedon you know that kind of thing and uh, and you know I told him I said well I've been looking for something to do because I have a podcast of my own uh, separate to all this which was more or less just a uh, a fan audio commentary site which is called Sofa Dogs. Could you tell us about that actually? Um, what is Sofa Dogs? Well. Um, I was kind of just kind of, you know, tooling around on the internet, you know, surfing around, just looking for something new, something fun uh, to get into. And I think I was on a, um, on a on a Buffy kick that day, and I came across a, a podcast called uh, Cool Refreshing Zemo, which was, um, which was a, which was a review site, a review podcast for the show Buffy and but it was from the perspective of three high school teenage girls and I, th- I thought you know that's interesting because I mean that's generally who the, the show was originally sort of written for you know the characters that started out in high school and that sort of thing yeah and uh, so like I listened to it it was it was had a lot of energy and it was a lot of fun and and, and I thought I you know this this it seems like a lot of fun like I want to do something like this and I'm you know I'm like such a, a geek that I love DVD audio commentaries you know some people can take them or leave them like I really uh, enjoy them it's like sometimes that'll be my deciding factor on whether I pick up a particular title uh, definitely you yeah. know I'll look at <laughs> yeah I'll look at the back of it and it's like you know what does it have on it uh, it has a you know you know a five minute featurette. Uh, I was like, okay, that's not much. Um, oh, oh, the trailer, the theatrical trailer. Oh, yeah, that's on there. Sure, um, yeah. The whatever. worst, the worst is when they say uh, interactive menus as a special feature. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like that's a feature, you know. Yeah. <laughs> special feature, you know, features the disc. You get the movie on a disc. Uh, so, so yeah. A lot of times, the factors like, oh, commentary, interesting. I, I want to check that out. And so I kind of thought, like, you know, there are so many movies out there that I love that don't have any kind of commentary. And I, and I thought, you know what, I'll just go ahead and record my own. And it'll be something, it'll just, being that I, I love film so much, like, it'll just be me for an hour and a half kind of talking about a, a particular film that I that I enjoy and, and why I like it and, and kind of approaching it from uh, an academic perspective, you know, but keeping it sort of light and casual and, and, and fun. Yeah. Um, and... You know, this was before. This was before, or at least around the time when when that sort of thing was getting started. Like I was unaware that other people were doing this at the time. That this was back in uh, April of 
2006. I had, the, the first thing I did was I recorded a commentary for the Firefly pilot, Serenity, and I recorded a commentary for the Spielberg film, Jaws. And just it's, it just sort of took off from there. Like, I found the hosting site, uh, Libsyn, that deal, they deal specifically in podcasts. If you've got a podcast and you need a place to put it, you pay you know a, a, a small flat rate every month for a certain amount of, of space, and you just upload your upload your podcast there, and you're good to go. And so I just started. It, it took off from there, and you know, like I would bring friends in to you know record along with me because I mean it's just it's it's a lot more fun if it's not just me you know, sitting by myself and, and, and talking, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to branch out of just doing commentaries, because again, it's, it's not as accessible and it can be a little lonely, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of, that, that took off from there. And, um, <clears throat> I think that was one of the things that, that got Scott, uh, interested in the idea of approaching me about, about working on Geek by Night with him, because he was looking for someone who, who could, Put their time and energy into that you know someone who would be uh devoted and committed to the idea and he checked out my site and there was there was you know at least once every week there there was a new uh podcast on the site so he kind of thought it was like yeah this this, this guy you know if nothing else at least he's got the time to do this stuff yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah that's kind of how that that came about john are, are you ever going to have me on sofa dogs to do a commentary uh, actually, yeah. I mean, it's been, I've been plotting it in the back of my brain. There's specific titles that I've held off on doing commentaries for because I wanted to bring Scott in along with me. Uh, things like, uh, things like Veronica Mars. Um, I got, I got him into, uh, uh, the show Wonder Falls. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I've already got a commentary for the pilot episode for that. But I've I've held off uh, doing more of those because I want to bring Scott in on those. How are you going to do so, that? Uh, you're going to have to just sync up and go press play now. <laughs> Something when you oh, oh, the internet, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, that that's actually uh, generally how I do that anyway. Even if it's if it's just me for syncing purposes for the audience, uh, you know, I generally tell them, you know, uh, you know, if you want to to uh, see what I'm seeing, then just you know, you know, find the title I'm covering. Put it in your DVD player. I'm gonna do a countdown, and when I say now, we're we're both gonna hit play. And it's one of those sort of, it's a fun sort of audience interaction participation. You know, it feels like you're watching the movie together. Definitely. So I give I give people that opportunity. You know, if if they if they feel so inclined. It's good that it's digital. I always remember the first commentary I ever like experienced. I think was uh, Morat. You know, the Kevin Smith film. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't actually have a DVD player. So a friend of mine recorded the um, the commentary onto tape for me. I remember I had a tape player out and the volume down on the television and <laughs> pressed play. Oh, wow. But the problem was it was tape and obviously tape uh, stretches. So I'd constantly be like kind of trying to yeah. rejiggle it. <laughs> it was a complete so there's... <laughs> um So, Scott, you, um, you have a whole bunch of other podcasts as well. Could you tell us a bit about those? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess first I... Uh... I, I started uh, Two Geeks and Mike on a podcast with uh, my best friend, uh, Ben Noblet, and uh, we, we've we known each other since my sophomore year of high school, um, and uh, we've been really close friends ever since then. And 
we always felt that we had very strong opinions on on uh, sort of uh, geek culture and uh, the different things that we talk about on the show, and we talked about them for hours and hours on end. And it wasn't until I started, I got a job at a factory where we were allowed to listen to um, headphones, and I would listen to music, hours and hours of music, and. You know, music is great, and I love music, but there's really only so much of it I can take, because after a while, it's just, I would rather listen to machines going ka-chunk, 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 <laughs> just because it's something different. Um, and so, uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, I was talking to Ben about this one day, and he's like, well, you know, there's these things called podcasts, and this is when podcasting was a really new thing. Um, this was, you know, uh, fall of 2005. Yeah. Um, and so podcasting was was a really new thing at that point, and you know he Ben was like, well, there's these things called podcasts, and they're just they're they're kind of uh, you know like talk radio that you you download and listen to at your leisure. I was like, well, that's a neat idea. So I look this up, and I find, um, of course, the first thing I look up is Buffy, and I find the Buffcast, uh, which is Randy and Wayne's Buffy podcast that they run GeekShow.us before I was ever involved with it. And uh, that led me to finding Geek Entertainment, which was their sort of weekly technology and geek culture show. Yeah. And uh, while the technology stuff bored me to tears, uh, because it's just not something I'm that interested in, I, I liked them, and I liked, uh, I, 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 liked uh, I guess, everything about doing a podcast. Like, I just thought it seemed like a really neat idea. And... Ever ever since that point, whenever I was talking to Ben, I would just think, you know, we could be recording this and doing our own show. So after a lot of, of prodding, I, I finally talked him into doing it, and we, uh, I, I asked for a, a, little, a little mixer and, and, and a couple mics for, uh, for Christmas that year, and I got those, and we did our first episode on December 27th, 2005, um, and... It's sort of just gone on nonstop since then, and to be honest, I, I can't really imagine my life without it at this point. And uh, from from that point, you know, we we moved on to other things. We used to do comic books on the show. Um, we used to have a comic book section where we we talked exclusively about comics, but we got a lot of complaints about it, so we spun off that section into its own show called True Believers, which uh, pretty much failed miserably right out the gate. Um, <laughs> mostly because, you know, I say fail miserably, like it was a matter of, uh, of, of listeners or something, but it wasn't anything like that. It was just because it was such a similar form format to two geeks, we just got really bored with it and, and just couldn't gather up the, the, the amount of willpower to go ahead and record it. <laughs> Not to mention it's difficult enough to get Ben to record, um, just because he, the motivation for him isn't as, as much there as it is for me and uh and so it just it just sort of fell apart um but we did recently relaunch it and uh and and we're now you know we're we're going we're going pretty strong on a very regular schedule and I'm I'm really proud of uh the episodes that are coming out so so that's going on strong and uh and then of course our smallville show called Meteor Geek which is very similar to uh, the buff cast in a lot of ways, but um, I, you know, different enough. And and it's about Smallville, and we know a lot about the Superman mythos, and we felt like we could uh, we could offer something to the to the casual Smallville fan, and uh, 
and so we started that show, and uh, it's been it's been nonstop ever since, really. Um, is Meteor Geek um, actually complete now? I can I can't. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. Well, but first that, of all, that, even, that's even actually if kind we were, of the one you're a little behind on. I would. Yeah, yeah. Even if we were um, caught up, we still wouldn't really be complete because, of course, there's going to be another season of Smallville. They just announced that. Oh God. Um, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I'm, I'm completely with you on that, John. The show should have ended three years ago, but, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. Who am I to say anything? I don't, I don't work in Hollywood. Um, apparently they're still making money on the show, so, you know, whatever. More power to them, I guess. But, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, we have fallen behind a lot, uh, much to the anger of our fans. They're, they're really, really mad at us for, uh... <laughs> For it, but but you know, at the end of the day, what we do on that show is, I mean, we watch the we watch like half a season, so like eleven episodes, and we take notes and we we you know delve into the mythology of different characters that might be introduced and different storylines, compare it to the comics. It's a lot of work, and then we do you know a, a roughly three hour episode about it. And so it's it's like a giant research project every time we do one of these episodes. So it takes a lot out of us. So, I mean, we really have to just be just just chomping at the bit to do another episode um, in order for the motivation to be there because it is a lot of work. Um, but we to. are gearing up to do another episode. We're reformatting the show so we're not doing as many episodes at a time. Um, we're just going to do like four at a time now. Yeah, uh, basically like a disc of the of the DVD set. So... Yeah, it's, it's quite a lot of work, I, I guess, because don't you actually um, like watch the whole season or half the season before you actually do the, the episode? Right, right, right. Yeah, that and be... that doesn't include any of the research or the note-taking that we do in the process. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work, and, and I don't think our, our fans of that particular show understand how much work we really put into it, but uh, it's, it's hours upon hours. So Because we want the show to be good, um, so we don't... You know, we don't just say, yeah, you know, this episode was about this. And I, I, I vaguely remember this episode being good, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we wanted everything to be fresh in our mind and, and we want it to be a, a good show. So, um, so, yeah, we have fallen behind on that, unfortunately. But we are getting back on the horse and, uh, and moving forward later this month. So Excellent, excellent. So a question to both of you, really. Um, do you have much interaction with your listeners? Um. <clears throat> Uh, me personally, not as much as I would like, but uh, Couchsurfing uh, just just today finally got on iTunes, uh-huh. and uh, we we actually got our first email uh, for the show. So I'm I'm hoping that within within the coming weeks that we'll be able to we'll start to remedy that, and we'll get more uh, interaction and and participation from the listeners. I've I've been podcasting since 2005, and I have. Had lots of interactions with my fans, and uh, and uh, you know, to be honest, it's it's a weird experience, especially when I first started uh, podcasting, and and someone would email us and say, you know, hey, I'm a really huge fan of the show, and I'm just like, of what? We we sit around and we talk. Like, what are you a fan of? <laughs> go 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 get go get friends and and talk with them because that's all we're doing. You know, like I, it didn't, it just didn't occur to me. Like I didn't, I didn't. It just—it was just such a weird experience to have fans of of your show. Like it was just—it was very, very strange. Um, but I've 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 met a few of my fans at, at different conventions we've went to, and uh, 
And that was that's kind of a cool experience. And of course, I, I've made like a lot of really cool connections through through our show because we we had a fan when we first started. One of our first emails we ever got was from a, a guy named uh, Michael Gorman, which we we nicknamed to Goram Mike on the show. <laughs> um, and he, and he's he's reoccurred a couple of times. He's sent us emails and things like that. And eventually, he sent us e- an email about a website that he was putting together called Black20.com. Now, Black20.com is a website that has been, uh, you know, it, it's been on the cover of USA Today, and you know, it's been, uh, it, it's had articles in the New York Times, it's been on CNN. I, I mean, it's it's a pretty massive uh, uh, website, and it, I mean, it's just really cool that he was a fan of our show, and and now he's. He's, I mean, he's really successful, and I, and I think that's really cool. And in fact, like he just recently, uh, he he recently tried out for a uh, a role in a pilot for a, a Comedy Central sitcom. So, all right, that's cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool that uh, you know I, I feel like we were kind of I I don't want to say like like you know we had anything to do with that because I mean he's successful because he's he's talented, um, but. You know, it's just cool that we were like a part of it, you know, and yeah, and yeah. we knew him before. You know, he was a fan of our show before we were ever a fan of his, and now I'm a huge fan of his. So, uh, you know, just stuff like that's really cool. One thing I noticed about your site, actually, um, in comparison to the others, you're the only one that's managed to get sponsorship. I think. Um, how how did that come about? Just for other podcasters that might be interested in looking for sponsorship, I guess. Well, honestly, um, it. It was it was uh, it was basically me deciding that that you know we want to do these cons and we want to meet our fans, but we really don't have the best of jobs and we can't really afford that. So I wanted to get a sponsor, really just to pay for you know those those trips and and those video episodes that you've seen and and stuff like that. Just basically a sponsor, not to line our pockets, but just to make the show better and. Uh, and so, like, I thought, well, I should get a sponsor that has something to do with with geek culture of of some kind. And so, um, I'd heard of InStockTrades.com, and I'd ordered some things off of them um, before. And so, I went to them and I just asked, you know, I, that's all. That's all I did. I just said, hey, look, I'm a really big fan of your website, you know, and uh, I've got this podcast, and we have so and so listeners, and our our our. Uh, our website has so and so hits a month. You know, would you be interested in sponsoring us for you know so and so much? And it was almost immediate that they said, "Oh yeah, definitely, we'd love to sponsor you." You know, so that's ridiculous. Cool, um, yeah, I, I don't know if we just lucked out and found like a, like a really great company to work with, but uh, but it's it's really worked out for us so far. And, and right now we're looking for uh, for more sponsors just because. I really want to get the word out on 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 Geek by Night, and so uh, I, I feel like a really good way to do that is by getting more sponsors, so that I I can go to more conventions and uh, and get the word out that way. So actually, you brought it up, and I was going to ask you about it anyway. Could you tell the listeners, I guess, um, what Geek by Night is exactly? Well, Geek by Night is uh, the culmination of a uh, about. Two years of, of work, I suppose. Um, it's it started out. Uh, ben and I have have we've always wanted to create something, 
um, you know, like a like a show or a comic or, or whatever. We're always bouncing ideas around, and we we came up with the idea of of you know, like what if you know a bunch of of geeky friends uh, got got superpowers, you know, and like what would that mean to a geek, someone who has wanted superpowers their entire life, and then they finally get them? Like, what would that what would that mean? What would they do with that? And it was just kind of a, a, a cool uh, idea that I, I don't feel like has ever been really touched upon before. Because, um, yeah, you know, you've always had like average Joe get superpowers or, or whatever. But, you know, a, a geek really isn't an average Joe. I mean, they're, they're a specific culture, you know, a, a comic book fanboy getting superpowers would be a lot different from just your average Joe because your average Joe wouldn't know what to do with them. A comic fanboy would know exactly what to do with their superpowers. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was, it was something that I, that, that I was really interested in. So we came up with these characters and we decided to make a, a video sitcom uh, that we would turn into a podcast. And up to that point, there really hadn't been anything like that before where it was just like it was actually like a scripted fictional podcast series um but unfortunately due to financial reasons and lack of of talent in in the area that we lived um talent as in you know we we couldn't find any actors not that there were actors but they weren't very talented um but there there was just there was a there was a lack of of everything and it just the project fell apart and and I, you know, and I was really sad about it, and and it, it it sucked because I'd written this this pilot episode, and and Ben had written the second episode, and we really wanted to do something with it, but we couldn't think of anything to do. Um, it was about this time that this the podcast uh, Buffy Between the Lines came out, and at that point, I, I sort of discovered the audio drama, and what I could sort of do with the audio drama, and it gave me the idea to transfer this this video project into an audio drama which i could do for literally nothing um and so i i took the concept and i reworked it as a uh as an audio drama and this is when i started looking for a a producer to share the duties with because ben was um was actually going to be at school and, and wasn't going to be able to participate uh this season at least uh so you know i i, I started thinking i started racking my brain you know like who could i get to sort of be my right hand man with this whole thing and the first thing i thought of were the big 10 articles that john wrote and how much i liked those and so i got in touch with him and i i was being very cryptic at first which i i think i think caught his interest to, to begin with yeah um, he, he, he told me he had a van and he asked me if i wanted some candy and no. <laughs> I, I i like candy so i should uh so i i shot him an email i said you know would you be interested in this and he's like well give me a call on skype so we talked and we really clicked on on everything uh the the show and he really got the concept of the show and he understood what i was trying to do and he just he just got it right away which which i was really impressed with and so um and so that's how john became a a producer for the show and then we got we hired writers and once we had writers, then we held auditions and got actors, and now the show is uh, full force. And I mean, we're getting ready to record episode three, and we have eleven episodes written. 
um, and, and ready to go. And, you know, we're moving right along. And now the show premieres March 18th on GeekShow.us. Yeah, and I think that's the really interesting thing about the whole subculture of podcasting is that, you know, I would have never met Scott um, <clears throat> were it not for podcasting. Uh, I would have never been uh, brought in to do Geek by Night were it not for uh, his site and his podcasts and then seeing that I do podcasts and, and seeing how that worked out for me. So, I mean, it, you really are able to, to connect with people that you normally never would have, like uh, a co-host that does a lot of podcasts with me uh, for Sofa Dogs is this guy named Stuart Duncan, and he's located in Scotland. <laughs> We never would have met had it not been for the fact that we both share a strong love for Firefly, and there was a site called BigDamnCommentaries.com, which is where I put out my uh, my first Firefly commentary. And uh, and he like he contacted me uh, through that, and we started doing commentaries for that show. And then I I brought him into on uh, on Sofa Dogs. Started doing commentaries for that, and that's originally where Couchsurfing started. Was on uh, was on Sofa Dogs, and Scott, I think you know he had so much fun doing that. And he said he said, look, you know, I know you've only got a certain amount of space on your site. We've got tons of space, uh, like crazy. Um, why don't you, you know, why don't you bring that show over to geekshow.us and we'll just do the podcast through there through that feed yeah uh so now that's now that's what we're doing i think that's one thing i've noticed about podcasting and the people i've spoken to you so far is that it there definitely seems to be a kind of community would you guys agree with that oh absolutely. oh yeah definitely absolutely definitely. i mean could you elaborate a bit more i mean how do you guys like kind of interact with other podcasters well a lot of times uh a lot of times it's sort of you get you get a lot of people helping other people out People guesting on other podcasts, uh, you know, or, or or performing co-hosting duties, which is how you know Scott and I became friends. You know, yeah, he, it's it's how I met uh, Randy and Wayne, and how I got involved with with GeekShow.us. Is that you know when I was first starting out, I I, I was listening to Geek Entertainment. I I emailed the show and I said, hey, you know, guys, I, I want to start my own podcast. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what I need. You know, could you give me some pointers? And he sent me. Uh, links to to some equipment, and he he helped me find the the best equipment for our needs, and and uh, I mean it was it was just I mean he went above and beyond what I wanted, you know, like all I wanted as a response was well you need a mixer and a couple mics oh okay you know <laughs> but instead I get this email with like all this technical stuff and he's just like yeah this model's really good for this and and this model's really good for this but this model's the cheapest model and like and and he did that for for mixers and mics and for software and everything um, you know I, I i think i think that's the other thing too is that because it is sort of a community and everybody uh you know it's like you have to kind of share in in something unique because not everybody does this so the people you come across who who are into this, who do podcasts and and fan commentaries and that sort of thing, you sort of like help each other out. So like you know, I I would expect those people to go that extra mile and be like, you know, great, it, it's not just me. I'm not crazy. Someone else is into this too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna help them out the best way that I can and and give them, you know, whatever information that I can and, and whatever help mm -hmm. that I can offer. Yeah. It, it's like it's like 
brown coats, but for the internet, you know, for podcasting. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, it's been great talking to you both. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me for my podcast. Oh, yeah, thanks for having us on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, thanks a lot. All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, thanks to uh, John Pavlich and Scott Corelli for doing the interview. Um, as some of you might have noticed from the last two interviews, we kind of patched this episode together. It's just been a nightmare. But uh, apologies for the lateness of it as well. But it's really good of those guys to uh, to do that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it shows the the genius of the internet, I suppose. Yeah, they? it does. Yeah. The, um, we can talk to people in both Florida and Texas from the UK, and you know, I personally think the, the quality was pretty good considering. And uh, so, so the enthusiasm of the podcast is just to create a community, I guess. And uh, like it, they said in the uh, in the interview, that they some of uh, they would not have met otherwise if they wouldn't have been doing podcasting. Also, the uh, person from scotland they have met through the yeah yeah no i mean it's crazy i mean this is like the reason i looked at this for the first episode really because it's a cheap way of uh starting off the podcast but also it's um you know it's part of subculture now it's uh it's it's, it's a rising phenomena definitely i mean it's i think podcasts are gonna be around for a long time i might be wrong but i doubt it I certainly tend to podcast for quite a long time. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, it's it's really cheap, easy, and uh, if you have two guys doing it or two people to any gender, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, as I say, anyone can do it. Anyone, literally. But yeah, okay. But anyway, I, one thing I've noticed is we haven't really spoken about what this show is about. Really, I mean, uh, just quickly talk about it. I mean, like I said before, it's about kind of subculture, counterculture. I wanted to make it a little bit more broad. You get, often get podcasts that look just at conspiracy theory or just at paranormal things or just at comics. Or So I kind of wanted to look at kind of the whole thing broadly, like I said before, and hopefully we'll get some really cool people. I know that next week we're going to be talking uh, to quite a cool person um, about Alistair Crowley. Who's we, a, she's someone we've met quite uh, incidentally, haven't we? Yeah, um, but she's also definitely an expert. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I don't want to jinx it by saying <laughs> that we'll definitely have her on, but she's agreed to do it. So hopefully, this time next week, you'll be listening to an interview. We're just going to have a. Uh, Crowley's one of these sort of people that pops up all the time, especially in, all over counterculture, not just in yeah, the occult. I guess mostly because of notoriety, you get yeah. Dif- it pops up differently to people who actually know what the subject is about. Yeah, I mean, I've, for example, he's on the cover of the uh, Beatles' Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Clubs band. I think I've been told that. I haven't actually looked at it because I'm not a huge Beatles fan myself. But uh, he's influenced everything from you know the cult sensibilities, uh, Buddhism. Um, music it pops up all over the place so it should be a really interesting interview I'm really looking forward to doing it we've also got an interview hopefully again fingers crossed with one of my favourite musicians of all time but I won't jinx it again by saying who that is so I can get someone else in and pretend it's that person um, and who else have we got we've got some other uh, professor hopefully from America talking to us about um, uh, communes uh, you know, cults. He's the expert on communes and uh, yep. small new uh, sects in America, I guess. Yep, and that's going to be really, really cool. Um, well, we've got tons and tons of stuff in the pipeline. Hopefully, oh, fingers crossed as well. We've got uh, two writers on. I'm hugely, hugely going to be amazed if we get <laughs> these guys. But um, one of them's a media theorist, um, who's a huge influence on the way I think, I suppose, and. Uh, 
whichever guy has written some really cool books about conspiracy theorists and uh, more from an outsider's journalist point of view. So the more uh, knowledgeable we out there might figure out who I'm talking about. But hopefully that's going to be sorted soon. Um, we hope to have the next episode up next week. It won't be the huge delay there's been. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> hopefully the quality will be a bit more uh, in order. Yes, we hope so. Yeah, because this... <laughs> I'm saying this is being partially recorded on a Mac, partially recorded on a PC, all over the place, different microphones, but we've got a proper setup now, so hopefully it'll be like this. But yeah, thanks a lot for listening. I um, hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, see you next week. <laughs>